successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM KMBZ or on podcast or if you're watching us on social media, we greatly appreciate it. We are going to have an awesome show today. We are going to be talking about the future of work, commercial real estate. What is our office space is going to look like uh, now that we're kind of coming out of COVID? So many amazing topics. And I want to thank the uh, Kansas City Area Development Council for helping me set up this show today. I want to welcome our guests. Uh, we have Jill McCarthy, the Senior Executive of Corporate Attraction at KCADC. Peter Sloan, who's the Director of Interior Design at HOK. Leah Fitzgerald, who's the Managing Director and Market Leader at CBRE Kansas City. And Stacy Roth, who's the Vice President of Strategy and Engagement at Scott Rice Office Works. Welcome to the show, everybody. How are you today? Great. Great to see everyone. And if you're uh, listening on the radio, uh, we have a, a big group today, so it's exciting to have everyone. I want to start with Jill from KCADC. Jill, kind of give us a background about uh, what Kansas City Area Development Council does uh, and, um, you know, what have you guys been up to of late? Sure. Thank you, Jason. Um, So the Kansas City Area Development Council is an agency. It's a not-for-profit that has been around for 45 years. We were one of the first regional economic development agencies across the country and our focus is really on new business attraction and talent attraction. And so we cover the entire region on both sides of the state line. We cover 18 counties and more than 50 cities. So if you're standing downtown in Kinsey, Missouri, I'd say we go out an hour and a half in any given direction. And then when it comes to certain sectors, our reach goes a little bit further um, in animal health. Um, you know, we, we pick up centers of excellence around K-State, Mizzou, Emporia State, and Northwest Missouri State. But we're also more regional across multiple state lines in animal health when it comes to national security and mission critical work that is federal work. We work on behalf of the National Security Crossroads on both entire states, so all of Kansas and all of Missouri. And so, you know, we have a lot of great sectors um, that match in Kansas City, and we try to amplify those. That's a short story. That's a great background. Thank you so much, Jill. Uh, I want to bring on our guests because I've never had any of you on the show before, and I really appreciate all that you do for our city and obviously connecting with KCADC to, to help put the show together on the future of work. Let's start uh, with um, with Leah Fitzgerald from CBRE. Tell us about yourself and your background. 
Sure. Well, thank you, Jason, for having me on and uh, excited to uh, start the conversation. I am about 30 days in at CBRE, so uh, still kind of getting my feet under me here, but excited to, um, to lead this office and excited about where the direction of Kansas City is going and particularly about this, um, about office. And um, as far as my background, I started in commercial real estate over 25 years ago and have had kind of a different career path. I've done construction management, project management, and have done a stint at corporate real estate and most recently with Van Trust Real Estate on the development side. So excited to bring all of the different facets of that together and see where we can take CBRE. Yeah, you've been in this industry for a while. I was reading your bio today. It's pretty impressive. So congrats, Lee, on all your success in the uh, commercial real estate world for all these years. It's very great. Great to have you on today. Uh, let's go next to Peter Sloan with HOK. Peter, tell us about yourself and about HOK. Well, it's uh, not unlikely I've been in this industry in a variety of facets over the years. So I've been you know, sort of in Kansas City for oh, going a little over 30 years and ever since for that time, I've been deeply involved in both the, the corporate real estate market and the architecture market in general. I'm both an architect and interior designer. So, um, and, and in this market, particularly, you've got to be pretty flexible because we've got to be pretty adaptable and moving across the board. And, and over that time, I've been blessed with working a lot of some great corporate clients and worked on some wonderful projects. And, and in the history of, you know, I'm in the sort of an HOK, we've actually been a namesake here in Kansas City for the last five years. But our particular office that was joined HOK has been here for over 30 odd years. So so we've got a long legacy of working in the city and a great passion. And so me personally, I really love the opportunity of, of impacting the built environment to really help people. And what that's what sort of drives not only me personally, but our company, you know, HOK in general is a, is a global company. We've got about 25 offices globally. And so What's been a great advantage for us here in Kansas City is we're able to leverage those global resources and bring that intelligence to not only our practice, but to help all of our clients. Um, and, and again, we, we cover all the gamuts of design, everything from architecture, interior design, to planning, to various forms of engineering, to a variety of markets, um, everything from sports to um, science and technology and healthcare and, and, and workplace though is my personal focus. That's great to hear. Obviously, I, I knew you for a lot of those things that you mentioned, some of the work that you've done, but I'm really interested to talk about kind of the workplace focus today on the show. And, and finally, uh, our last guest uh, in the show today is Stacy Roth with Scott Rice Officeworks. Stacy, how are you? Tell us about your, uh, your background, yourself, what you do, and about your company. All right. Thanks, Jason. I'm excited to be here today, excited to be part of this conversation. Um, Scott Rice Office Works, um, our organization and our sister company in Color Art, we, we service Missouri and Kansas, and we have a, a collective of organizations that really help bring um, the interior of the building envelope to life, whether it's through uh, furniture, planning, and um, creation, uh, construction, all of those different things we pull into one envelope really to try to make our clients' lives easier. And my role, I've I've been in the Kansas City community going on about 20 years now and um, had the 
privileged to work for about 10 years at a design firm focused on workplace design. And now on the Scott Rice side, I'm entering my eighth year here. And really, my goal is to help uh, connect the research and insights our partner Steelcase can bring to the table, looking globally at where where work is going, where uh, the future is going, and help bring that to our clients and our partners. That's great background, great information from everyone uh, for who we're going to be talking to. And, and we have got a great group of experts here today. And we're going to be talking about what the future of work looks like, what the office space world looks like. When we go to work, is it going to be different here in the future post-COVID? Are we going to be I'd like to talk to you about our commercial real estate outlook with Leah. I want to thank the KCADC for helping put together the show. Uh, very exciting guests. I'm your host, Jason Grill. If you're listening on the radio, thank you for joining 980 KMBZ. If you're listening on podcasts on Apple or Spotify, thank you. And if you're joining us live here via video, we greatly appreciate it. We'll be right back after this break. Hello, welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us on KMBZ 980 AM, or if you're listening via podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Or if you're joining us today online, thank you for being with us through some technical issues. We are back on the show uh, again with Peter Sloan, Leah Fitzgerald, Stacey Roth, and Jill McCarthy. I want to thank the Kansas City Area Development Council, thinkkc.com. We're helping to organize this show on the future of work, a commercial real estate office update. Uh, Very excited to have us back here now. I want to start with Leah. You are in the commercial real estate world. Let's start with you. What does the current market look like in the region uh, throughout Kansas City? Thank you for having me. What I look at is the strong growth metrics that we've experienced here in the Kansas City region. And I think the U.S. Census data has been showing us for years. This isn't something new. I think COVID has maybe accelerated this in our minds. But we're seeing a lot of migration from the coasts to the smaller secondary and uh, third uh, tier cities, which Jill can probably speak to this better than anyone. But we're, we're seeing a lot of that happen, and, and certainly COVID has accelerated that. Yeah, Jill, let's start there with you. Uh, thank you, Leah. Tell us about that migration. Absolutely. And so, you know, what we're seeing is really an in-migration of companies as well as talent. Um, Some of the ratings that came out last year, whether it's LinkedIn or finance or um, many other publications had really ranked Kansas City high, usually one through five when it comes to in-migration for talent. And then we're also seeing actually a lot of activity in business attraction where 2020 was a tremendous year for us, uh, really a banner year for new business attraction in e-commerce, in manufacturing, PPE manufacturing, food and beverage. What we're seeing now is a real uptick in finance, insurance, cyber, technology. You know, we're, we're getting back to seeing a lot of activities in many different industry sectors. 
Mm-hmm. And what what did we see in 2020, like throughout the last year or so? Um, we'll start with Jill. I, for us, really, the office sector took a big breath and said, I don't know what we're going to do. So all of our office projects pretty well stalled. And I don't know, there's a magic switch that happened on the 1st of January, and they've all come screaming back in rapid fashion. But, you know, we've always been a great um, distribution, transportation hub. You know, you talk about the Omni Channel, which is across all aspects of the way you move product, the way you shop for it. So whether it's brick and mortar or online or, you know, on your phone, on the web, marketing, all of that comes together in that omni-channel. And that's something that Kansas City has shined throughout the past several years. Mm -hmm. Stacey, what are your thoughts um, about what's going on right now and kind of commercial real estate in general kind of currently? It's interesting looking at it from our perspective. We see things come down, like we kind of watch the trends from where the activity is happening on the architecture and design side. And we start to see those uh, opportunities trickle our way. But um, people are starting to really study what it means to um, come back and what what their real estate needs are going to be moving forward in the future. Um, I don't know if people are quite ready to pull the plug on shrinking real estate, but the conversations are being studied. Um, it's it's really at this point, I feel like trying to get their head around where their employees' heads are at and uh, what, what their employees are going to be comfortable coming back to. Are they going to need to expand to create more spaces for people to be able to connect in? Are they going to um, pull back on the amount of actually owned workstations and those types of things that they're investing in in the future. Um, there's still a lot of unknowns. I feel like um, people are people are weighing options on which which direction they're going to take their space moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter, what are your thoughts on that space issue? Like, I know you're into the design aspects. Um, I'm assuming we're going to become a lot more innovative with that. Well, I think I, I would entirely agree. And I do think it's interesting if we reflect back on what these past, you know, 12 plus months have challenged us. It really was obviously disruptive for everything. But I think what we really learned as a society is what we value and what what priorities and the whole idea of working at home and what value and kind of the social aspects that we ultimately had to grapple with. How does that ultimately translate to our work? And really what was already happening before all of this, which was really a blending of a diversification of of work and life and all being much more integrated was thrown into everybody's face. And so I think how this carries forward is going to have a direct impact on um, kind of the real estate factor, because I think what we've learned and what we valued is how this all can be integrated. And that lets us pivot from work to play to kind of to family in one fell swoop and the speed. And before we were, you know, we treated it as very much a bucket of things and then home and, and work was just a bucket of things. But now it's messy beyond belief. And, and I think the entire system has to be viewed as an ecosystem that allows people to participate to how they want to do it. And what that means from a design perspective is we have to be much more nimble, much more supportive of flexibility and the differentiations in the marketplace and people's individuals needs in space because people became more acutely aware of what really mattered to them. And so we as a profession have to respond to that. 
And, and you know, it's it's crazy how I, I'm just trying to in my mind imagine, you know, how many people are going to go in and how many days a week. And and and, and Jill, I know one of the issues we had as a city was um, a lack of Class A office space in Kansas City. Um, you know, and then a couple projects got through City Council and and were figured out. And where does all that stand now with kind of post COVID? You know, are we recruiting uh, more and more. Do we need to build more of it? Do we need less of it? I mean, how? What are we doing right now with, uh, yeah. with Class A in our kind of our core? Absolutely, and I would say there is some Class A space available, and we're marketing the heck out of it. Um, I would also say, you know, we're doing some pretty unique things. We're looking at companies that have like-minded. Um, really structured. So you think about creativity, you think about Hallmark and the birthplace of creativity in Kansas City and all of the other companies that have come in because of Hallmark and all of the companies that have spun out because of Hallmark. So it's easy for us to, you know, look at high stress areas around the country and market directly to those types of companies and say, why don't you want to come here and be part of this synergy? And so, Yes. Going back to your question, we have some class A. Do we have enough? Probably not. Um, you know, I think there are some builds going around the the region as a whole that are pretty exciting. Um, some reconditioning that is also re- pretty exciting. But when it comes down to some of the really big projects, we were losing those before. We would come down to it's us versus Atlanta and Atlanta would win because they had 10 buildings going up and a client company had the opportunity to really just put their stamp on a building and all the finishes. Um, and we did not have that previously. So do we have enough? Not, not in my opinion, (laughs) but we, but we have more on the, in the future coming. And, and I always am interested to see like cities kind of how they look and how they feel and design. You mentioned kind of refurbishing some older spaces too, you think we'll see more skyscrapers or, I mean, across our country or across Kansas City? I mean, are people going to still build these 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 high buildings in downtown areas in the ne- next year? Leah, what do you think? Well, I certainly hope so. But I, I think that, that you, you could also argue that we don't have any skyscrapers in Kansas City. It's all relative, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, technically, I think by the code, what is it, seven stories and up is a skyscraper. But I, I think people in New York might laugh at that. Um, I, I certainly hope so. I, I want to pick up on something that Peter mentioned about the messiness. And I think that CBRE has a lot of really data-driven, great research. And we utilize that and con- continually update our research and push that out to, to all of our employees. But what I what strikes me about all of this is that you really need a professional to help you understand that because it is messy and it's constantly evolving. And whether you're working with a professional architect such as HOK or someone helping you organize your your office layout such as Scott Rice or someone at CBRE to help you navigate through all of that data that's coming at us. And as we all know, that data is is delayed by six months or more from the realities of what we're experiencing. And I think, you know, the the more we talk about flexibility, the more that data becomes important, right? Where you have to really understand what it means for you and your business and your market, because you can't just look at the data. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. 
we got about a minute left in this segment. Um, Jill, how are we uh, competing with our peers in the last year? Have we been uh, we've been competing like we want to for these for these through these uh, offices and for these jobs? Are we are we trending upwards? Where are we at as a, as a market? You know, I think like I mentioned before, we were winning and we continue to win the remote worker, uh, mm-hmm. those that are trying to get out of challenging environments and. While we didn't see a lot of office projects in 2020, they're hot right now. And we have several that are right on the cusp of announcing one maybe later this week. uh, That would be 450 jobs, great jobs, um, a well-known name company. And so we have a lot of those in the lineup ready to roll this year. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. I can't wait to hear about that. We're going to come back after the break, and I want to talk more about kind of what the office designs are going to look like post-COVID, what the future of work will look like. Again, will people be spending more or less time in their office here in 2021 or in 2022? And um, well, will this remote work that Jill keeps talking about, will this continue to be a trend of companies sending people to Kansas City from maybe one of the coasts or people wanting to move here? And can they locate here easier with our remote work access? You're listening to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM or on podcast or online at grillnationshow.com. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. Thanks for joining us on 980 AM KNBZ or on podcasts on Apple or Spotify. We appreciate you joining us as always there or on our website, grillnationshow.com. You can connect with me on social media at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, uh, Instagram. Just search for my name. I want to thank our great guests so far today. The KCADC has put together a fabulous lineup for us today. We are again joined by Peter Sloan from HOK, who's the Director of Interior Design, Leah Fitzgerald, the Managing Director and Market Leader for CBRE in Kansas City, Stacy Roth, who's the VP of Strategy and Engagement at Scott Rice Officeworks, and again, Jill McCarthy, a Senior Executive of Corporate Attraction at the Kansas City Area Development Council. Their website is thinkkc.com. Um, really appreciate them helping us uh, each and uh, every quarter with the great show. And uh, today we're talking about the future of work and commercial real estate. I want to start there and I want to really kind of hone in on some, you know, things that the, the listener can really kind of grab onto or things that they're going to start seeing in office spaces throughout our region. Um, let's start there with Stacy. I want to bring Stacy Roth in uh, again from Scott Rice Office Works. Stacy. What what are we seeing more of in office spaces? I'm assuming most people, not most people, a higher percentage of people are back in their offices now. Um, what changes have been made? What trends are we seeing? What do you expect to see here moving forward? Well, what, what we're really seeing a push for in uh, office spaces as people are coming back is just the need for flexibility. There's still so many unknowns with uh, how, how many people are going to get vaccinated? How many people are really going to be comfortable fully coming back to the office? So giving people that flexibility about how they're going to utilize the space is what people are really looking for. And we've seen kind of this swap in how space is utilized uh, currently. Um, it's almost like 
enclosed collaborative spaces have become the spaces for individuals to utilize and the more open office space is where teams can come to get together and collect. So um, that that swap of how you use space and how teams can feel comfortable navigating that space is one of the biggest changes we're seeing in planning at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Are we are we going to keep seeing kind of, uh, you know, and we'll go to Peter here. You know, everyone was kind of into that trend of having like open workspaces and, uh, you know, like a, like not not like your typical kitchen in the office anymore. You've got kind of a cool like area to meet up, meet up with people. You have like, you know, booths set up. You have little rooms where you can do phone calls. I mean, it's just like it seems to me it was pretty innovative. Are we going to still see those open spaces or is, is it really going to change uh, with kind of the design of, of offices now? I think we'll see those plus many more. Uh, I think that trend was really about supporting choice. And I think what the workplace once upon a time was about one size fits all. And it was sort of putting regardless of your shape into a square hole. And and I think what the, the evolution has gone is about creating diversity of choice and understanding individual's ability of taking information, how they share their work styles, whether extroverts or introverts, how they work collaboratively. And the work environment was really to support those various functions, both at a team level and individual level. And what we further learned through this whole pandemic is that choice become is really more important than everybody realized. And, and our choices have expanded from not just the office, but now to our home and some places in between and what areas like third places like coffee bars and things of that nature all look like, I think the choices are going to be even more rampant. And, and so what that means to the office is how do we continue to support that? But we have to also be much more intentional at its purpose and recognizing that we're going to further offload some activities that maybe were exclusively in the office that are going to be now more intentional. Just like Stacey was talking about, we see collaboration in the office as being the real gathering spot. Things like transactional efforts probably are going to be offloaded to maybe more focused time and individual and supported from a work from home, you know, opportunity if companies are interested in that. And really, the office is going to be a destination for supporting culture, getting people together. And, and its role is going to be heightened from what it was already doing. Um, and it's going to be more focused on the types of spaces, which are all those things you talked about, Jason, which are, you know, booth seating, some of those elements and flexibility, because some people like being together. Some people want to be apart. And it changes during the day. It's not like one size fits all on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis for each of us all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious, too, about like boardrooms and whatnot, right? Because, you know, that's the one thing I think during COVID that, and I've worked from home, um, that you do kind of miss a little bit. Like having that ability to convene, you know, a group of 10 or 15 people in one room to, you know, really work together. Uh, it, that's something that I think is missing or has been missing in my own mind. Um, and really an office, really, you need that. You need some workspaces. I mean, it seems to be, it's going to be even more simplified than, than maybe we're used to. So that's a really good point, Peter. I want to head, head over to Jill here. Um, Jill, you have site consultants in all the time, uh, in Kansas city. You have to, you have to sell Kansas city to them. You have to tell them about all the assets we have. What, what are you hearing from the people that are visiting here? And maybe you've had some in, um, I guess, virtually here in the last few weeks, what are they saying to you about what they're looking for? That's a good question. And yes, we did um, have in five site consultants from around the country just a little over a week ago, Um, one from kind of the New York, Connecticut area, one from the Midwest, um, 
one from Atlanta, one from Dallas, and one from LA. And so really a broad breadth of experience. And it's interesting because they all came together on that same channel that you're hearing from Leah and Stacy and Peter. It's about choice and it's about flexibility. And while I think it's really, it is important to have that office together time. You think about the mentoring that goes on, the team building, the just, you know, being able to feel connected in the office. Yet there's a lot of um, really productivity that happens in this work from home space too. And so I think you're going to see more flexibility. And that's really what we heard from the site consultants was that employers that want top talent will have to provide more choice and more flexibility. So those were kind of the key buzzwords uh, during that conversation as well. Very much online with what you're hearing today. I mean, that's kind of the name of the game, flexibility. Now that you've been able to work from home, some people miss the office. Some people actually don't miss the office. So <laughs> you got to find a middle ground. Yeah, company culture is huge, right? And that is something Jill mentioned about the mentor programs and, and just kind of connecting with people. Can that still happen, I guess you would say, if if you're only going to the office a couple of days a week here in the future? Is that is that something you believe that can still happen, Stacey? You know, I was just having a conversation this morning at coffee about that subject. And what, what we were talking about is, you know, if you've got a long tenured team, some that culture is going to kind of travel home with them and you're able to maintain that culture within that kind of smaller team. But you over time the the connection to the whole starts to erode a little bit. You start to lose connection with those people you might serendipitously pass within the open office space, the workspace. And the thing that I think people are challenged with the most is how do you bring new people into your organization in a remote fashion and, and allow them to kind of absorb that culture, some of those things that are really hard to connect with uh, remotely and virtually. I think that's one of the biggest things that um, I hear from people is is that onboarding and that mm -hmm. mentoring aspect. That's going to be such a longer road to bring people along. And I think there's a lot more chance to possibly lose people along the way to, that don't completely get your purpose, your sense. Um, it's going to take a lot more effort to to make that engagement happen. Um, those are the conversations that we're having right now with people. I would agree. Like if you're a person right out of college and you started your job uh, in March of 2020, you or you've moved to a new job, you've kind of lost that uh, year of kind of feeling connected to your coworkers. Um, Leah, uh, talk to us about how, how this affects you with CBRE. I mean, we talked a little bit about remote work and how Kansas City is growing in that uh, recruitment area from other states. I mean, what is your take on that? Um, and, and how does a new form of leadership, I guess, affect kind of professional development as well? I don't want to cut you out of the last conversation. Sure. So I, I think that leadership is now, we talk about balance and, and leadership is no different. I think you're going to see a lot more balance in not just professional development, but also now cultural development, right? So I think leaders are going to be more and more engaged in their people and making sure that they're that they feel as though they're producing meaningful work. I think that's more and more important to employees now more than ever. It's not just about the bottom line and results driven. Um, of course, that's still a huge part of it and that needs to be there. We can't lose sight of that. But I think there's gonna be a balance to making sure that people 
have a sense of well-being and a sense of purpose in their work. Completely agree. Peter, do you want to chime in there? Yeah, I think uh, Liam was hitting it correctly and even going back from with Stacy, I think the critical commodity that everybody that's a leader has to understand is what engagement needs to look like for your um, company. And engagement has just been challenged on every level. Um, and, and anybody working from home has the ability of sort of being connected virtually, but they've got a different level of engagement that's tugging them from other sides. And so, and when you're take for granted the built environment where you're in an office setting or any, any type of um, building setting, the environment is, is engaging all by itself. And so we have to find some way of making sure that the values and the attributes and the things that really matter and the purposefulness of why companies doing business is, is reinstituted and recommunicated to everybody up and down the organization. And what we've seen is some of the younger generation need that level of engagement at a higher level than some of the more tenured ones. And, and only because they're very much about a very fast paced kind of level of engagement of what they're looking for. And so that's the pace by which companies have to think to think, how do I keep the culture going? What does that look like? And it has to be much more provocative in some respects and much more intentional and much more deliberate to make sure that everybody at the end of the day is is feeling that they're all rowing together, that you don't end up having people that feel isolated or not connected. And and so that's a really important piece. And then and that goes back to the overall health and well-being of the employees in general. So there's a lot of factors that leadership has to pay attention to now. And we'll focus on that. We're going to start uh, right there after our break here. Thanks for joining us on the Grill Nation show today. We'll be right back for our final segment. Well, I took a walk around the world to ease my troubled mind. I left my body. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on KMBZ 980 AM or on Apple or Spotify via podcast or on our website, grillnationshow.com. I want to thank those who have watched us as well on social media today. Again, I'm joined by Jill McCarthy from KCADC, Leah Fitzgerald from CBRE, Peter Sloan of HOK, and Stacy Roth from Scott Rice Officeworks. I am your host, Jason Grill. Uh, this is our final segment of the day. It's called our best for last. And I want to um, I want to start with uh, with Leah here. Uh, Leah, what is one thing you really would like to see in office spaces moving forward? Wow, I would say I would like to see technology become integrated in a meaningful and thoughtful way so that when you come into the office from your home office, you can plug your laptop in and not have to call IT. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Um, one thing we have learned is uh, the importance of Wi-Fi and uh, Ethernet cables uh, to our lives uh, the last year. So uh, I agree with you on that one. Anyone else want to add on to that? Anything they want to see in the uh, the office space moving forward? There's, if there's one thing they could they could really like to to, to see happen, Peter. Well, I think the the part that I think we need to not lose sight that I view uh, is we have to make sure it's a place of joy and a place of enlightenment. Um, because if we don't, nobody's coming back to the office, right? <laughs> and and so we we discovered that, and that became really important to each one of us personally over these last this last twelve months or so. And, and we have to realize that the office has a role in terms of how we get motivated, what it looked like, how we want to contribute to the world, and not and making sure that environment supports us personally, but also. Um, aspirationally in terms of what we want to do. Yeah, employees or employers love moving forward. Is there one thing maybe that you you will you will love that you haven't seen yet? Anyone have anything? Stacy, do you have anything that maybe will bring joy? I think people bring joy to people right now. Just seeing others' faces. Um, that's 
what we've noticed more than anything getting back into the office is it's just reconnecting with people that that personal connection with a mm-hmm. it doesn't help that it's uh it's springtime now right so uh, yeah. well, <laughs> you on, actually want to get out of your house now yeah on that note I do see outdoor spaces and the development of outdoor spaces that can be used for that communal setting, even to support work. We, we see more and more of that developing as a place at the workplace as a beneficial part of the office. Hey, Jill, I have a quick one for you. Um, where do you kind of see our region going uh, in the next five years in the commercial real estate space? Do you see um, do you see kind of cooperation? I know you guys work on both sides of the state line um, in, in many counties. Um, where do you see kind of this office space moving? I know we've we've uh, we've kind of ended the border war for all intents and purposes. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some issues here moving forward, but it sounds like, you know, the community is really designed to to grow as one community in this space. Yes. And I think you know, we're all about new business attraction. And so we never did work in anyone moving from one place in the metro to another place. But I think what you'll see too is that we've learned a lot. And in the last year, even before COVID, we had projects that we had a lot of virtual site visits. Um, A Place for Mom, which located here a year ago, they were only in town one time. We had four site visits with them that were 100% virtual with their C-level executive team. And many of the site visits that we've had over the past 14, 15 months have been predominantly virtual. And I think components of that will carry forward and it makes us more efficient. And I think that the fact that we have the bandwidth, we have the telecom, we have the resiliency in Kansas City sets us up for success moving forward and being able to utilize some of those tools um, to make it easier. I mean, it's all about making it easy for the client to make it a decision, right? And and people want to work with people that they know and like. And so being able to connect, even if it is virtually, um, but we'll be back on the road again. I mean, we're we're not going to be 100% virtual. We're all looking forward to being back with people again. But we've learned lessons that we can take with us and, and I think um, accelerate what we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great new technology, right, for any industry with being able to do a site visit remotely. I mean, I know it's huge in the multifamily industry and housing industry with actually like showing someone a unit before they, as far as, especially since we're in the middle of the country, I think it'll actually probably increase the, the corporate uh, recruitment process for us uh, if we can't travel somewhere fast. Um, what is one of your guys' favorite buildings in town? I'm curious as people that work in design, office, architecture, real estate, what, what is somewhere in Kansas City that you think is just a really cool architectural or building or office space that uh, you'd like to highlight? Let's start with state. One that I've always been brewing building <laughs> off of the interstate. Um, my, my developer hat I like to put on always wonders what that building could be in another life. I don't know if it's too far gone, but I always think about that one. But I do love the Nelson and the block building that's just both inside and out. It's a great great place to be in a gem in Kansas city. Mm-hmm. Man, Stacy, you stole my thunder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you are going to say the Imperial Brewery building too. Peter? I was. Yeah. It's again, well, where, where is this again? Can it, it's on Southwest Boulevard and right it's this incredible. It looks like this old, just, you know, desolate castle. 
that's in there. And, 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 you know, those, I've always been attracted to those kind of historic kind of uh, industrial looking buildings. And so that's one of those ones that's pretty great. And, and I was going to chime in with the Nelson too, just because it's a gathering spot and what it looks like. And I think what that's meant to the community and particularly when they've had the, you know, kind of the block party type events in there and become culturally significant. And it's, again, it's, it's just for my family in particular, you know, I've got an artist as a wife and various things. It's, it's actually part of the reason why we moved to Kansas city from the East coast. So, um, and so it's a big deal and we love it. I forgot to ask you guys that. Are you all, you're all from other places or did you grow up here? I never got to that question, but <laughs> yeah, I grew up in New Jersey and lived in Boston where I met my wife and we moved here, um, in 89. So it, uh, and we moved here because of the diversity of options of everything that Jill and everybody has been talking about, but because of the ease of access, which is what are the two attributes that Kansas City now is shining even more. People have discovered it. And for us, it was really the arts community and, and the design community that was really important. And and uh, and so it's for us, it's been a great choice. That's awesome. Leah and Jill will finish with Jill. Leah, you go ahead. Any buildings you really like or office spaces? Yeah. So Jason, I liken this question to asking me which one of my kids is my favorite. I, right. I, you have a lot of kids, I guess now, right? With all these buildings you guys work with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that we all, to some extent, become involved in this profession because we love the built environment, right? So, I mean, I can see there's any number of buildings that the, the from the small where the old Fiddly Fig in uh, Brookside. I love that building. And the new Kansas City Star that uh, with all that copper facade, I think is just fantastic. And the the BMA building, both the original one and the the one that SOM did. I mean, I could go on and on. I, the, it would be impossible for me to pick a favorite. Right. Uh, yeah, you have a lot of choices. So that's awesome. Thanks for that answer. And then finish off the show with Jill. What 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 do you what do you point to? What are your what are your kind of your gems? So I would say, you know, I agree with everybody. I'm a huge arts fan. It was one of the reasons why we moved to Kansas City um, is, is the strength of the arts here. But for me, it's got to be Union Station. I look at that and I think there is no more beautiful building from the ground up and what a hallmark that is for the Kansas City region. It's extraordinary. And shout out to them for all that they do. Very much so. Well, I appreciate all of you coming on the show today and educating our listeners about the future of work, some of the things that you're excited about, where Kansas City's going. We could talk for hours about this, and I'm assuming uh, our friend Jennifer Lyon and, and we might talk and have another show devoted to this later in the year because I just think it's fascinating. I'm jealous of all your guys' careers that you work in. I wish I could spend a day with you and kind of learn about these industries. I, I'm fascinated by all these things you all are doing right now. So I want to thank the Kansas City Area Development Council, uh, Peter Sloan from HOK, Leah Fitzgerald from CPRE Kansas City, Stacy Roth from Scott Rice Officeworks, and Jill McCarthy, of course, from KCADC for coming on the show today. Thank you, everyone. And thanks to our listeners for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Take care and have a great day. Let's get it.